Welcome to Learned Lag, a podcast about yesterday's Learned League questions and answers. I'm Amanda. And I'm George. Amanda's in Zephyr A, and I'm in Zephyr B. This is season 30 for me, and season 26 for Amanda. This is day 22 of season 98. First question asks us to name the cooking technique uh, in which food is vacuum sealed and cooked in uh, a low heat water bath. Uh, this sounds like sous vide to me, uh, which is a thing I've always kind of been interested in from a sort of chemistry sort mm-hmm. of perspective, um, but never had the uh, quite enough inclination to try. Mm. Uh, although I, I hear there are ways you can do it in a crock pot in particular that are True. Uh, relatively easy, uh, but just... Yeah, I, I figured this was sous vide. If it wasn't, then I had no concept and, in <laughs> fact, you know, did not know what sous vide actually was. Because oh, yeah. this, this matched up perfectly with what I thought that is. So I said sous vide. Uh, yeah, the, I knew this one as well, um, just by the description, as you, as you mentioned. Um, there's really no other technique that's quite like it. And so that's what I was inclined to put down right away. Um, you know, I reread the question i suppose but it, it was pretty obviously sous vide to me and that was the correct answer uh very very yuckyoid. i mean, I mean oh, in, yeah. in the truest sense of trivia you yep. know like who was the third president of the united states which is fine yeah and, and this is a cooking term that i think has risen to prominence mm-hmm. um in i would say the past decade let's say um it's supposed to give wonderful results, especially for cooking meats. Everything stays mm-hmm. very tender and juicy and um, and is supposed to be delicious. So I'd be happy to try it someday. I don't think I care to try it like myself. <laughs> <laughs> Question two. The woods are lovely, dark and deep, but I have promises to keep. Give us the next seven words. And miles to go before I sleep. Uh, repeated twice, in fact. Um and so, yeah, another extremely yakuoid question. <laughs> you know, if we didn't like the ones that were sort of uh, too many ways in or too vague yeah. of a structure, yeah. these are print, pinned pretty hard, mm-hmm. and um, you either know it or you don't. Yep. So, and the, um, the fact that it was seven words, the question oh, yeah. says, give give the next seven words, mm-hmm, uh, made mm-hmm. it somewhat easier for me at least to know that I had it correct or mm-hmm. I just yeah sort of summoned back and, uh, and i and miles to go before i sleep and i read read it aloud a couple of times just to make sure yeah that fits the the meter it fits what i remember of the poem and uh, there isn't some uh, odd little thing in there like a couple of our friends uh said that they uh, thought it was miles to go air I sleep, mm. uh, which simply does not fit the, it, it's missing a syllable. So. Yeah. But other um, than that, yeah. Another, another one where it's, it, if it's not this, then I'm thinking of something totally different. Yeah. You know, this, I, I didn't have any questions about putting this down and the only tricksy part about it. And that was of course the correct answer. Um, or at least that's also the answer I put down. Um, I uh, had to double check my word count because before 
can sound like two words, mm-hmm. B and four, but it's not. It's just your ear kind of registers it that way potentially. So, um, so I had to, you know, be counting with my fingers sticking out like, <laughs> you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, um, to, to really, I, I think I triple checked that one at least oh, yeah. to make sure I had that down. And that was the correct answer. Question three asks us, uh, what eight countries in South America met in July in Leticia, Colombia to discuss the conservation of? And specifically, it points out that Leticia is the southernmost city in Colombia, mm-hmm. uh, which gave me the clue that, okay, this is something in that area. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it was not, uh, like, if, you don't put southernmost if, if it had been something about, like, you know, the central bank of Colombia. Mm. Um, so it, it kind of summon up my mental map of South America. And I believe Colombia is the the top one in South America, right? It's like the one that borders Panama. Uh, if yes. you're coming down from North America, like that's kind of the start of South America proper. So, okay. So it's not like in the middle of South America, but it's not really on any of the edges either. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, I think that's like... The Amazon is around there. And then I started thinking, well, what if it's something much more specific? Like, what if it's Machu Picchu, oh. the Nazca Lines, the, the Atacama Desert, something something that's, you know, kind of, kind of smaller than the Amazon. Mm-hmm. But then I thought eight countries. That's mm-hmm. a lot of countries. Yeah. Uh, even in South America, which has smaller countries than I'm used to being an American. Mm-hmm. Eight is a lot of countries that, that's going to cover a lot of land, mm-hmm. a lot of space, a lot of uh, a large footprint. And I figured that had to be the Amazon. Okay. Uh, and I, I briefly considered how I was going to phrase my answer mm-hmm. to make it obvious that I was talking about like this entire ecosystem. And I initially I thought rainforest. Then I thought, wait, is it rainforest or jungle? Uh, well, I'm just going to say the Amazon mm-hmm. and hope that that kind of carries the, uh, the, the connotation of the whole ecosystem. Mm. So. Uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I, so this one um, is probably one that I have read about in, um, you know, one of the newsletters that I particularly enjoy. Uh, I probably mentioned it on here before. It's called Future Crunch, and it is about all of the um, uh, hopeful news, I guess I would say, Mm -hmm. that you don't see covered very much in the mainstream because, you know, we're definitely still in the if it bleeds, it leads kind of era. Mm -hmm. All the negative stuff is much more salient to humans, and it gets covered, and... Um, and seems to dominate what's going on in the world, and it's not necessarily a balanced portrayal of what is happening. Um, but I didn't really remember that, that directly. I, I read the question and went, I bet I read about this in Future Crunch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, couldn't remember uh, specifically if I had. Um, and so I had a similar thought process to you with Thinking about, you know, this is South South uh, America, um, eight countries out of a total of like 13 in the whole continent. So it's got to be something like you said, with just that, that touches so many uh, of those countries. And it probably has to include Brazil because that 
connects to so many countries in South America, nearly all of them. Um, and so I figured it had to be something to do with either the Amazon as a river or the rainforest. And given that it was situated, uh, th this conference was kind of at the, the southern end of one country that suggested to me, you know, either tributaries or kind of like we're, we're talking about the rainforest because it's extending way out from the river itself, whatever it is that's being conserved. Um, and so with that in mind, I, I still kind of hedged my bets about it because I thought if it's, if it's meaning the river, I mean, I don't know if you can conserve one without conserving the other mm -hmm. in some sense. So, um, I ended up putting down Amazon rainforest mm -hmm. with the thought that if it's the Amazon river, then just Amazon mm -hmm. will, will be read as correct as far as I understand. Um, but if it's the rainforest, then of course I've mentioned which rainforest I'm talking about. Uh, not that there's super many of them to, um, to, you know, mix up with it, I suppose. Um, and certainly, you know, the, the only huge one I know of in South America would be the, the Amazon related one. So, um, I just kind of laid all those pieces out and figured <laughs> Amazon rainforest is the likeliest to encompass whatever is being asked for in the question. And that was exactly the answer. <laughs> Uh, Amazon Sorry. parenthetically, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, you definitely got it. I'm fairly, uh, can I'm, I'm fairly certain that I did. I mean, I'm hopeful that you did. Yeah. I could see some different arguments mm -hmm. to either side. It, it's definitely um, one of those ones where if this were a Jeopardy question and I answered the Amazon, they would say more specific, please. Perhaps. And yeah. I find that those those tend to uh, the. Go to the go to the answerer. Mm. But we shall see. Indeed. Question four gives us a bunch of movie stars who came out in a pair of 1997 disaster movies and asks us what the disaster was, which was also the title of one of them. Yeah, so this is one where I just kind of got too wrapped up in my own trying to figure out, trying to differentiate between these various disaster movies that all kind of merged together for me. Because I don't generally go see them. Um, you know, a lot of times they come out and nobody hails them as a masterpiece that, you know, you have to, you know, take the kids to and make sure, like, <laughs> they, they tend to get immediately parodied, if anything. Mm. Um, and so, you know, thinking back to 1997, which we are told these two films starred Pierce Brosnan and Linda Hamilton in one, Tommy Lee Jones and Anne Heche in the other, and I could picture them... Um, because I think they both take place in California, I think. I might be wrong about that, too. But that was my... I, I thought at least the latter one did. That definitely kind of rang a bell for me with that. The Tommy Lee Jones one? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so I I thought about a couple different things. Like, is this a climate change disaster one? No, I think that there was one like that that came out later. Um you know, this is back when I had just, like, got out of grad school, basically, and I wasn't really going to see this kind of movie, um, but I remember them coming out. So I thought about, you know, is this one of those ones about volcanoes? But that didn't quite 
sit right with me because partly because I was like, this one takes place in Los Angeles. Why would there be a volcano movie set in Los Angeles? Mm-hmm. Um, and it occurred to me there. Well, I know there's a movie called San Andreas. Maybe it's that one. Like, that's what I'm thinking of. Um, you know, uh, thinking of like the San Andreas fault specifically and the phrasing of this question describes it as a specific type of natural disaster threat, which is a weird phrasing, mm-hmm. may I say. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it asks us to name the threat, not even the title of, you know, it says, which also provided the title of the latter of the two films, um, which is, a, you know, again, I, I, I don't in the end have any quibbles with this question, but it made me think of a thing that was like that the title describes something that's poised to happen versus something that's happening. Okay. Um, Real. So I ended up putting down San Andreas Fault Earthquake because I thought the movie was San Andreas and I thought the threat okay. was that the fault is mm-hmm. the threat. Mm-hmm. And it's going to, you know, yeah, cause pro- an earthquake or the earth to split open kind right. of thing. Provided could easily be read as not necessarily the entire title. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and so that was my rationale. Although really, as we'll see, I am just kind of confused. <laughs> uh, so I was listening to a podcast while I was out for a walk the other day. I don't remember exactly what it was. And I don't think... They they didn't mention these movies in particular, but uh, and I don't know whether they even mentioned this topic, but it made me think of that thing where very similar movies come out at the same time. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, just and and it's not because they're copycats because you can't make a movie that quickly to copy something else. It's just a matter of you know one studio got this movie about a volcano and the other studio also got a movie about this volcano and they just yeah. made them at roughly the same time. Uh, and this this is kind of the secondary uh, example of that. The, the main example is Armageddon and Deep Impact. Sure. Uh, but this one is Volcano, which was, in fact, about a volcano in Los Angeles. That mm-hmm, was Tommy Lee mm-hmm. Jones' one. And Dante's Peak. Right. Which I don't think was a volcano in a city. I think it was just a volcano. Yeah. And people who live near it had to deal with it. Sure. Uh, but I don't believe I ever saw that one. I'm not 100% certain I saw Volcano. I've seen parts of it. The, yeah. Like the hilarious, a bunch of people uh, uh, hiding behind like basically a uh, one of those concrete road barriers. Mm-hmm. And, or, you know, a bunch of them kind of stacked like sandbags and the, the lava <laughs> coming at them and sort of, you know, coming up to the top of the, of, of the concrete <laughs> divider and then ebbing back away and we go oh thank god we've, we've been saved and just the the pure physics hilarity of it wow yeah so yeah as soon as i as soon as i saw the tommy lee jones specifically i was like mm. oh this is about volcano and dante's peak i don't know that i would have necessarily remembered pierce brosnan in dante's peak but the tommy lee jones one is very specifically that in my yeah. memory so i said volcano and that is the correct answer and of course, San Andreas is the movie with The Rock, yeah, where he was much later than much later, like 2015 or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, um, I do. I can say that I very firmly ruled out um, Deep Impact and Armageddon for this 
question, not least because if, you know, if any of these people are in either of those movies, listing them as the stars would just be a totally cruel misdirect. Mm-hmm. Um, but also because that one had a progenitor that you would hope would be mentioned, which is the movie Meteor, which <laughs> uh, came out in the 70s and starred Sean Connery and was a reportedly just awful um but i have i have a souvenir t-shirt from it well yeah um well those are huge hits anyway i I don't know if meteor was um (laughs) but i I have a wonderful 70s t-shirt this is really just an excuse for me to talk about that Mm -hmm. um that is like a glitter heat transfer meteor with meteor across it and just big glittery letters it's great (laughs) So at least I got to remember that. Uh, question five is a fastball down the middle. Um, it asks for the name of a Detroit-based company that produces watches and other lifestyle goods and takes its name from a shoe polish that ceased production in 1960. And of course, for any new listeners, when we say fastball right down the middle, it's because we live in the suburbs of Detroit. Well, yeah. So... Yeah. In this case, yes, yeah. that's why. This was this was this was not. If if you didn't get this, it is not because it is easy. No, it is because it is for us a thing that we uh, have noticed and pointed out to each other and uh, and said, "Wait, what?" Uh, yeah. And you know, one one or more of us looked it up and found this exact origin, and it's just for no reason whatsoever. Shinola mm-hmm. uh, stopped making shoe polish because. I think just about everybody stopped making shoe polish in 1980. Because <laughs> why would you? Mm. Um, I didn't even have to use it in the army after the first couple of years. Uh, so, yeah. And then kind of out of nowhere, somebody decided, you know what? This needs to be a luxury brand. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they just straight up bought it in the name and started <laughs> using it. And by God, yes, the, there's billboards with... You know, dudes looking pensive, resting their their chin in their hand and their big ostentatious watch. Mm. Saying, Shinola. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? So, oh, yeah. yeah, no. For us, this was very obviously Shinola. Yes, this has been very, like, I'll be really interested to see how this plays uh, nationwide mm-hmm. because it's, uh, and it's such a Detroit-centric thing. And such a fairly ubiquitous thing in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's probably the best-known luxury brand I can think of that comes directly from here. Um, and it's in, you know, I get the, the local fancy-schmancy, big-glossy Our Detroit magazine. That's H-O-U-R Detroit that has all the nice restaurants and all the bands that are coming to town and... Um, just all you know, boutiques. Detroit historical articles, uh, boutiques, real estate. You know, like the, if if you have a glossy magazine in your metro area that has an advertising section full of plastic surgeons, for example. <laughs> yes, that's, um, that's you, then you, you know. Then you've seen our Detroit. Yeah. Yes, and that's where Shinola would get advertised. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they also have a retail outlet that's right next to one of the. Uh, well, that's near the storefront of one of my favorite old restaurants there. Mm. Um, and it's just, it's a thing that's, you know, I don't know if ubiqu- ubiquitous might be a little strong of a word, but it's prominent yeah. around Metro Detroit. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how prominent it is across the country. No idea. 
So, you know, um, I, I knew this immediately. Um, and it's very much because it's uh, the old idiom of you, you can't tell you know what from Shinola. Right. Um, is is absolutely why they resurrected the brand. Because then, obviously, if this is Shinola, it must be great. It's it's not the other thing. Um, so, anyway. Yeah, I knew this right away, but had a devil of a time scoring it. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't know if, if all you out there in um, the edge countries um, know these things as well. And Shinola was the correct answer. Mm-hmm. Question six asks us what city... Uh, hosted a treaty signing of friendship, cooperation, and mutual assistance uh, between the Soviet Union and seven other Eastern Bloc countries. Right. Um, yeah, this was one that I read in the morning and thought, oh, I know that I will know this once I see it, and I can. I'm I'm sure that I've heard of it. I've got to, you know, just kind of let my brain uh, do its usual work on this type of question. Um, and it didn't take long to kind of, um, like within having reread the other ones or going to look at the weather or something, I, you know, just kind of snap my fingers and go, oh yeah, that's the Warsaw Pact. So it must be Warsaw in which it was signed. Um, and so this is definitely one of those things that's going to come fairly easily to, um, you know, someone who grew up during the Cold War, basically. Um, you know, I certainly wasn't around for the signing of it, but <laughs> it was um, definitely a prominent part of of the part of my life that I would now classify as history. <laughs> you know, anything like I, I I'm not sure where to place the the volcano question in that span. I think it's technically current events because it happened, you know, soon after I graduated uh, grad school. So that's, you know, past 25 years or so, current events. <laughs> um, but this is, this is history. And uh, yeah, that's, it's just something that you hear about often in mm-hmm. that time period. Uh, so I put down Warsaw. Yep. Uh, yeah, the Warsaw Pact uh, was a frequent uh, term of reference for the other side when yeah. studying military affairs of the late 20th century. Um, right. NATO on one side, the Warsaw Pact on the other. Right. So, yeah. This was this was a pretty easy get for me, and I, I hoped that it was a pretty easy get for anyone who had a relatively high history score, either mm-hmm. world or American, just because uh, the Warsaw Pact was so intimately intertwined with American history of the latter half of the se- of the 20th century. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, I would say. Yeah. Um, and, of course, that was the correct answer. Mm-hmm. And um, so that leaves you with uh, an expected beer. Five and a half. Um, <laughs> Provisional and, beer. Yeah, it's been, it's been so. a while since I thought one would kind of count and it didn't so i'm mm, okay uh, I, and i think especially since the the last few days of the coco melon question mm. and a couple others where it kind of un uh unexpectedly expanded i think Thorsten sure. is generally in a giving mood and without any <laughs> more specific uh pinnings in that amazon question uh you know 
something that indicates that it's not a river or not a, you know or a particular ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's going to be uh, his usual generous, like you know, the Amazon. You knew what was going on there. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what it was what it was going for. So, so yeah. I think I beard it. Well, good job. Uh, I I am definitively certain that I five out of sixed it. Yep. Um, I, I definitely just bungled the the movie question, but at least I have the hope that uh, you know that might have looked like an easier question. Apart from you know whoever is playing me should zero sous vide, but <laughs> beyond that, um, that you would think would be you know based on my other scores, um, maybe the next one up to put a one on um because it's so pop culture and mm-hmm. you know gen x kind of friendly so yeah um so hopefully i'll get a decent score out of this one at least a seven or eight um and uh yeah i mean we're getting towards the end of the season mm-hmm. um feeling pretty good overall about my performance you i believe um, are guaranteed to stay in I think in I'm Arundel, not I, quite. I may be thinking of one of our other friends that I was looking up later. Okay, so yeah. Yeah, uh, I think I have to get maybe one more, I, either one more win or just or one more point, okay. or something like that to to clinch it. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I think this is definitely a fairly beerable day. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know that that may mean my luck runs out either way, but. Uh, um, but yeah, I'm not too terribly unhappy, but I, I do wish I'd kind of pulled back on that, that film one and sorted out what I'm, uh, what I was thinking of really, mm-hmm. but could be worse. Yep. So that's it for today. Tune in tomorrow for more post-game analysis. Follow Learned Lag with all the vowels now on Blue Sky. And remember, don't forfeit. Don't cheat.